All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 142 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. With all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contents available anywhere online. Head on over to betonline.ag or download the Bet Online app to get in on the action. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so what's going on my man how was the weekend how are the games uh talk to me about uh you know wins and losses and what's going on man yeah uh all good it was uh you know busy weekend in the rank we had a you know a little birthday for the wifey i didn't uh, you know i actually i made her breakfast i went to dinner and i made breakfast i was what was on the menu i i let her know about it all weekend long like you would have thought i i you know cooked like a 12 course meal but i was up early saturday morning i got you know i got the coffee going i got um some i made some bacon i made some eggs i made some funfetti pancakes right because you gotta have pancakes and put a candle in it and then sing um what else do we have we had some bagels some toast yeah so we were feasting it was great it was great. And then it was right to the uh, to the sporting events, more or less. And good weekend of hockey games. Um, we were back and forth with, with a few games out in Marlboro, uh, a couple games for, for Collins U14 teams where they were successful. And uh, Liam's team was was my 2011s. We were in, in uh, Rhode Island Saturday night, had a, a good competitive game down there, and then back at home on Sunday uh for another game versus versus top gun so it was overall just a, a busy weekend of, ho- of hockey had some success uh which was which was great and we kind of turn around quickly and we're heading thursday uh thursday morning actually out to detroit michigan we we're in a little tournament out there so pretty exciting times to uh with with the younger guys 2011s and you know my road partner liam and i will be uh Jumping on the JetBlue flight uh, Thursday morning, you know. So, what was up with you? How'd uh, how'd your crew do? How was the weekend? I was good. We were in the Boston Junior Bruins shootout with the U18 Whalers. We had a game Friday night, uh, a day off in between on Saturday, mm. and then played again on Sunday. Uh, went two and zero. The boys played pretty well, and you know, like the message was really, you know, I, I talked about this last last week about you know elevating your expectations individually and as a group. And I thought they, they did a really good job at doing that. Um, we played a team that ended up trapping a little bit, like or just a little, you know, more of a passive forecheck. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to like kind of in-game adjust or like, you know, we played two halves. So I was like, you know, you can really draw it up then. But the, the boys played really well, um, you know, played with a lot of pace. We're down one nothing after the first. Uh, half and it was you know i was like do not change one thing you guys you know just keep pushing and you know stay on it and we ended up winning four uh four to one on uh, the sunday game but um in between on saturday went to uh my daughter's volleyball game i mean volleyball is money like as a fan you know it's like the energy in the gym and all that it's just like and uh, my daughter rowan's doing a great job at uh being the general on the floor as a setter and you know just fun to see the girls having some success because like everyone put their work in in the off season and again collectively like we always talk hockey but like they they're playing better volleyball you know yeah. like everyone's kind of doing their jobs and they they um they have some structure to it and they're making their plays and executing so it's uh it's pretty fun to watch um next weekend like you're talking about uh your wingman liam and you are going to be you know heading out uh brooks going down to dc 
for the uh yeah it's pretty cool for the uh the capital cup and um you know it's just going to be a a good you know getaway for her and the girls and uh, i'm going to be sticking back here with the uh other knuckleheads but uh courtney is going to be heading down there and enjoying uh, a little getaway uh you know hockey tournament so um all good on this end we got uh a lot going on and um you know just exciting uh times for hockey season as it gets ramped up here yeah no it is and and it, it's funny you talked about um we talk about those those little things and uh you know i'm not our our 2011 team's a good group right so teams that we play against uh you know they 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 really do it's peewee major hockey but there there's some game planning that's involved right like and i've talked i talked to the coaches that we play against afterwards and it's like oh we you know we tried to slow you guys down and and we tried to kind of similar to what you said like even though these kids are, are 12 years old right um it's similar to the the 18 level right like it's a couple point in times i'm like wow i feel like we're playing against like the 95 devils right but um you know i, I Again, we're using those lines where it's like, hey, you have to make the right plays, right? We have to own the blue lines and we have to kind of be, you know, like brilliant in like the basics, right? We can't just tur- like these teams are are waiting for us to capitalize on a mistake, right? So, uh, you know, we get somebody caught or, or somebody pinching and, and bad things will happen, right? So we've got to be responsible and it's it's a good teaching moment, even though they're 12 years old, they're getting it and they're, they're, they're processing the game. And, you know, we, we, we talk about it all the time, but some of those little things, right? Like, and it, maybe it's just my own freakiness. Right. But I kind of went around the locker room and I was like, do you know which way, like every kid on the other team shoots? Mm-hmm. And that's something. That's interesting. Like a, well, right. What, what were some of the responses? No clue. Oh, like not even a clue. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm you know so i know what type of skates everything yeah yeah. everything like everything i'm like that's the first thing and and you know i think it's for us as defensemen too and when you get used i'm like you guys play against these guys like all summer long like how can you not tell me which way you know mike motto shoots like i could tell you which what curve he has on a stick never Mm -hmm. mind that right so um and same thing on like face-off plays right so you know, you try to draw something up on the board and showing them something. And then, you know, you find that your winger that's kind of supposed to be maybe running a little bit of interference is standing next to a defenseman. And it's like, you know that the wing is trying to get out to the point um, or, or to, you know, cut that guy off, whatever it is. How do you, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, how do you not know? Okay. Like you've lined up against number 88, the entire game. Uh, now all of a sudden you're lining up against number two, something's got to be off here. You know what I mean? So uh, it's that game recognition, processing the game, thinking the game is, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot, right? Hockey sense, like, can it be taught? Like, those are some little things that it's like, guys, you know, you need to start picking up on in my eyes. Yeah, and, and again, we talk about filing away information. And I said the same thing in like the pregame speech before the Sunday game, I was like, listen, something that really helped me was, you know, everyone's doing like some preparation physically, right? You know, you warm your body up, you're stretching, you're doing whatever, but dynamic warm up kid. Yeah. But, but what are you doing mentally? Like, and, and that is like something that I learned at an early age, like the night before a game, you know, prior to the game, like in the morning or like right when I'm getting dressed, what color jersey are they wearing? Like, I, I go, what color jersey are these guys wearing? They're like, black. I'm like, all right, well, because we were white. I'm like, great. So now just put yourself in a position where you had success. Right. Think about yourself going back for a puck as a defenseman, using the middle of the ice, making that correct decision and making the execution of that play. Offensively, holding on to pucks, defending against the player in black. You know, So put yourselves in that position have these mental photographs and then you just start really like believing in what you're doing and then you can take it a step further and go back to you know the friday night game what you guys did well personally and just like put yourself in that position what what worked what didn't work so that's when i say turn your brain on like file away that information because it's going to happen consistently Mm -hmm. over the course of a season 
a game and then like you just have to like be aware and then i think that helps with the hockey iq as well yeah like when you have those repetitive kind of areas of the ice and the the game and like situations where you know you you have to make split second decisions but if you have a kind of a game plan going into it as you've kind of like processed like hey you know that this kind of worked last time i want to try and do it again or whatever it is you're going to give yourself a better opportunity to have success right you know not only individually but then collectively you start putting it all together and you're gonna you know have a uh have group success and team success absolutely Absolutely. Um, no, good stuff. And obviously I'll be catching up after, uh, you know, this weekend out in, in, you know, eight mile country, I'm going to go see my, <laughs> be hanging out at the, uh, at the shelter and, and, you know, get my, uh, you're going to battle anyone. Yeah. Just get my B rabbit on, uh, I'm gonna sh- <laughs> show Liam the, uh, you know, the, the mean streets of, uh, of, of D block. So looking yeah. forward to it. Maybe Motown. Uh, yeah, maybe hit up mom's spaghetti for a, a, a nice pasta dinner, you know what I mean, before the game. I told the parents I wanted to go to mom's spaghetti, uh, like for a team meal, and the, none of them, they're like, it's a group message thing. You know a bit? Like, no, it's a real restaurant. Yeah, like, I know. M- yeah, yeah, like Keith Keith was there when he was playing. Like, you know, Keith loves Eminem and stuff, so he would go. Like, he's been a couple times, and I'm like, no, it's actually, a, they're like putting, they're like, putting the 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 lyrics of the song in the group text i'm like no i'm being serious i want to go to the place <laughs> like like oh my kid and my son loves that game because i'm sorry like love that's his pump-up song before games and yada 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 i'm like yeah i know but like i, I actually want to go to the restaurant for a team meal so i'll check in maybe i'll do a uh, a mott's moment from uh yeah do it from from thing but speaking of mott's moment uh i'm not sure if we put it out yet but very sad to hear about some some passings this week. Uh, obviously, Tim Wakefield and you know number one, what a what a complete clown Kurt Schilling is, right? For for breaking that news, but um, I th- I think it's uh, you know not enough was can be said about Tim Wakefield and his impact. I mean, I know personally growing up here from the time you know if I went to two three Red Sox games a summer. Tim Wakefield was the constant, right? He was the guy that I know personally, uh, you know, I loved, like, I was like, I, th- I thought I was a knuckleballer, you know, mm-hmm. like I, th- I wanted to, to be like a knuckleball pitcher when I was at, at, you know, playing JV baseball at CM, like I caught and I would go in and relief and throw knuckleballs and like junk and stuff like that. But it was all inspired by, Tim Wakefield and and uh, just a consummate professional. I know you had the opportunity to um, you know to play some golf with him. I never actually met him, but everybody that I've uh, I've talked to and I know you know guys down at Black Rock and things like played and member guests with them. They say just couldn't speak uh, more highly of it. So very sad to to lose uh, Wake at at fifty seven years old. Um, you know our our hearts go out to his family. That's for sure. Yeah, t- Tim Wakefield was a class act. Number one, I got to know him. Um, you know, fortunately because of golf. You know, he loves to play. You know, the game, and we're uh, playing golf a bunch of times. Uh, you know, a handful of times uh, together, and just like a super guy. But going back to my you know days as a fan, and still a fan. But when he came to the Sox, he was drafted as a, a first baseman right. from the Pirates, right? And then uh, his coach. Uh, Woody Hook was watching him throw catch, and mm-hmm. he was just throwing this unbelievable knuckleball, and that's how he got converted to being a pitcher, a knuckleball pitcher, right? And you know they got he got released, and you know his socks like debut from his debut all the way through that first year, you know he went fourteen and one to start, and I think he ended up fourteen and six or something, but like innings eater would do anything for the team. And I loved when he snuck a fastball by someone, you know, yes. at like 73 miles an hour, 75 <laughs> miles an hour. It was just so great. But um, anyway, just, you know, there was some heartbreak there. He gave up the home run to Aaron Boone in 03, you know, um, in game seven there. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, like he came back strong the next year. He's a World Series champion, multiple World Series champion with the Sox. But he always gave back to the community is one of yeah. the biggest things. And like as far as a person, 
from what I know him as a person and like what you see, you know, what, you know, some of the public stuff that he's done, um, you know, just a, a real class act. And you see how some of the, uh, his teammates, especially Jason Veritek, uh, reacting to his passing. And uh, it, it just shows how much uh, he cared to, to people and teammates in particular. And it just, uh, it's just a terrible loss. And then our condolences go out to the Wakefield family. Um, and there's not much you can say and a big loss for the baseball and, uh, the community in, in particular. Yeah. No, well said Mots. And obviously, um, Chris Snow, who obviously had, you know, was a, a Massachusetts born guy and, uh, you know, assistant GM out in Calgary for years, uh, you know, leaves behind a couple of young kids and his wife, Kelsey, um, you know, so just battled ALS for, uh, you know, what it seemed like a few years now. And uh, it was, it, you know, just just sad to see. And, and you know, his wife's been very um, out and open on social media about, you know, the disease and, and this vicious uh, ALS disease and everything that, that the pain and suffering that Chris had to go through. So, um, you know, similar to um, to Lou Gehrig, right? And, and, and just a, a tough, tough situation, but hopefully he's, um, you know, in a better place and pain-free and, and hopefully his family can, um, you know, survive uh, w- without him and, and, you know, obviously think of the, the positive impact that he made. Yeah, I was able to meet him. Uh, he covered Boston sports for a long time. And I, co- I mean, when he covered the Sox, I was always interested in um, what he uh, would say. You know, he was kind of an insider with the Sox during those runs that they made uh, during the World Series uh, championships. And, you know, super guy, you know, a very uh, smart person to, you know, kind of elevate his professional career to be an assistant GM in the hockey side of things. And, um, you know, he, he's a loss because he's a, a good person, did things the right way. And, you know, our uh, uh, condolences go out to his wife and kids. And I just, uh, it's just Lou Gehrig disease is, is such a devastating disease because, like, you're really, you know, a prisoner in, in your own body. And mm. we've seen it too many times. And um, it's very difficult to deal with as, as uh, you know, they go through it because they're very capable mentally, but yet physically they just deteriorate. And it's just sad to see. So, uh, we wish uh, the Snow family the best. Yes, we do. Um, all right. Well, in some a, a little bit of lighter news here, right? Uh, it was good to see Trevor Zegras signed a, uh, a three-year deal. So good to see him back in camp. One of the, the game's young electric players, obviously three years, um, you know, just under $6 million a year. So, uh, you know, good little bridge deal for him. I know there was some different negotiations, and I think it's a good kind of go out and earn a deal for him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a lot of money for a player at a young age, but like that's what is happening in the, uh, the league, right? Right. So the the bridge deal, it's not it's not a ten year deal, it's not an eight year deal. Um, so yes, he does have to go out, and I think uh, Coach Cronin's going to do a good job at making him, you know, into a better player all around, and yeah. you know, just more of a complete player. And that's what has been lacking in his game. The offense is there, and the yeah. flash and dash and the cool stuff is is there, but you know, if you're going to play the game the right way and you want to win, you have to be able to be more of a complete player. And I think Coach Cronin is, you know, I had him at, you know, 16s and World Juniors, and he's just a no-nonsense guy. He's very fair, but, like, he wants you to play the game the right way, and and he gives you a rope. But ultimately, I think he's going to be a very good coach for a young player like Trevor Zegers. So I'm happy for him to get the deal done, get back into camp, you know, get that behind him. And, um, you know, th- there is some real upside there in Anaheim. They, they have some pieces and some young pieces, and they, they added some uh, some quality veterans. I know Alex yeah. Kalarin got, got hurt, but um, but at the end of the day, it's good to have him back in the fold and, you know, kind of the distraction surrounding him in camp and whatnot. I think that's uh, a good thing to turn the page and, and uh, move forward, and, and hopefully he can just hit the ground running. Yeah, and I'm sure the, the, he does such a good job. I know I I think he may have been 
around here locally for a bit, maybe skating with some, you know, with, with this former college team. I know that was, there was talks about it, but I'm sure, you know, a kid like him, he's, he'll, he'll hit the ground running. I, I saw some videos of him training down at, uh, you know, that Prentice uh, with those guys. So they're, uh, you know, he's going to be ready to go uh, dialed in. So it's exciting, exciting times. Obviously you got Connor Bedard between the legs, some fancy moves. It was funny to see, uh, what's his name Perron I think he tried the move a couple you know like in, in like 2009 right and now uh that there was like a forward between the legs did you see it but yeah. it's uh it's exciting times it really is with the you know with with Chicago with the league it's the you know everybody's a it's kind of like my hockey rankings right like you know everybody starts with a clean slate it doesn't matter about last year so uh and and we all know that some teams are going to be better than others right but uh, it, it's exciting times, and you know, before you know it, the uh, the regular season will be kicking off here in another week or so. Yeah, it, it is exciting because you know Chicago original six, you know, story tradition there. You know, won a bunch of cups there with that that core group. A few down years, but like to have Bedard in the mix just gives a little bit more excitement to that uh, that organization, that city, that fan base. And they, similar to Anaheim, they they did pick up some pieces, some veteran guys to help, you know, some younger, you know, quality players along. And but that has been, you know, I've, I've watched some of the the rookie stuff, uh, watched some of his exhibition games. Mm. You know, he really does understand the game. Is what yeah. it is. You know, it's not he's not the fastest guy. He's not Connor McDavid. He's not going to do the flash and dash per se. He he'll find soft areas. He needs people to get him the puck at times. He can create on his own. He he's a very good player. Um, yeah. But you know when it ratchets up a bit, he's going to have to continue to find ways to find that time and space and create it. Um, you know his shot is his shot. It's well documented. He changes the angle. Nice release. And I think he's going to get a ton of chances because he finds those areas because of his hockey intellect and understanding where to be. Um, So it's exciting. And like, you know, I tuned in, watched some of the games and I'm excited to see where uh, he slots, you know, because he's a young player that, you know, is the future of the, the league really, you know, number one pick with a ton of hype and he's backed it up uh, so far, you know, at every stage. And I just hope that he makes that next, jump and you know there's going to be ups and downs you know in in his uh kind of transition into the nhl but i'm pumped to see how he uh how he reacts to those downs and you know because he is a pretty level-headed kid if you see all the interviews he does i was going to say you can see it in the interviews he's he's very uh confident talking to the media or he kind of has fun and and i even think back to his uh world juniors right when they wanted to make it about the the individual and he's like no i want to talk about the team so he's a pretty polished kid and and it's great to see um i think it's time we get into the mailbag obviously this week is a mailbag episode but before we do so uh franklin sports is the official street hockey partner of the nhl check out their line of nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today yeah, n- never too. I mean, you talk about Bernard, you see all the off ice stuff that he's doing. You can find all, all that stuff at uh, franklinsports.com and you can continue to work on your game off ice yep. using all their training tools. All right, let's dip into the mailbag here. Uh, I'll take the first one. My son plays for a small hockey association in Colorado where tryouts for the next season are held in the spring following the previous season. My son didn't make the PWA team and will be on the B team this season. Anyways, uh, we just found out our goalie doesn't want to play hockey anymore, and our season starts in a few weeks. Another piece of the equation is the A team has four kids that play goalie. They either skate out or play net when called upon. The obvious answer is one of these A team kids probably should come down to the B team to save our season, but they then have to step down a level which isn't really fair to them. How would you approach this problem? Hmm. Eesh. Thanks for, a, thanks for tuning in from from Colorado, though. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, you know, it's it is kind of a tough situation, but it's interesting at the peewee level on the A team that there's four kids that still play goalie. Yeah, that's like 
very like, interesting. Very well, it's interesting. A, it's like past the pads when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. But so you have to identify one or maybe one of those kids if they're rotating, if they're passing the pads at that. It, it, it's kind of an interesting situation. So yeah, it is. You know, to, to save the season, there has to be communication between the PWB uh, coach and the PWA coach, and whoever is playing goalie on that. You know, like they want to play out, but like you got to rotate the four and, ha- and like there could be a rotation. Yeah, that, that that's all that has to happen to be able to have this PWB team still have a season because like right. that's ridiculous. I mean, like all of a sudden you throw someone in who has never played the position, it's going to be a terrible uh, experience for everyone. Um, so I would just say that that's what you would have to do. And like these kids, obviously on the A team, want to play goalie if they're still you know, entertaining the fact to put the pads on at that age. Right. So you get another rap in goalie. Maybe one of them takes to it and wants to be a full-time goalie. Yeah. At this point, they should have a full-time goalie. (laughs) Yeah. It's very surprising that there's four of them that are still kind of passing the pad. So like you said, it's, it's 100% communication between the A team and the B team. Uh, figure out each week. All right. The B team's got a game at this time. The A team plays at this time. And, just communicate amongst each other and, and, and you got to save the season for the B team uh, yep. enough, enough said yeah. um, pass the, the, get those, get those guys in the mix and make sure that each week there's a goalie showing up. Yeah. I, I think it would just be a simple scheduling thing with the four kids. And I mean, I just have a conversation with the four and, you know, hopefully that works out and then you have, you know, two, two out of the four playing goalie and then they just rotate through. Right. All right. I get the next one here. Hey guys, I'm an avid listener of your podcast and have found your youth hockey advice invaluable. I'm reaching out for some guidance regarding my nine-year-old son who is passionate about hockey. Last year, he joined a club team at the gold level despite starting hockey a year later than his peers. He made significant progress and truly fell in love with the sport. However, this year, he's been assigned to as an alternate player on the same team. Although he's committed and dedicated, He's struggling with limited ice time and the feeling of not being a regular player. I initially thought this situation would motivate him to improve, but it's become a source of stress for him. Other players have also noticed his alternate status. We're contemplating withdrawing from the club, but we're concerned about losing our affiliation and how it might affect his growth and enjoyment of the game. As a parent, my primary focus is on his well-being and nurturing his love for hockey, which should be fun and a family experience. I greatly appreciate any advice or thoughts you could share on this matter. I mean, I think at nine years old, it is very difficult to just be an alternate. Uh, if it were me personally, I would look to to supplement the gameplay and practice play. And, you know, I, I would continue to be an alternate with that gold level program. But if there's a lower level program or a town program that you could skate with more on a full time basis and get games in. Uh, I would do that and then supplement with the being the alternate because it is, you know, kids talk, they're nine years old, they're 10 years old, they're young kids, right? And they're going to be like, oh, why isn't little Johnny playing in the games? Why isn't he here? Um, you know, so that they, they, they figure it out. They're pretty smart kids. So uh, I would, you know, look to, you know, I, I wouldn't say withdraw, but have another plan. Uh, where you're 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 playing, practicing, and competing, and then if you can, uh, if it you know time willing, you can actually you know go do the alternate thing and kind of use that as now motivation and talk. Hey, listen, like there's something to prove here all the time, and you never know when they might call you to play in a game. Then you can use it as some to a motivational tool. But it's tough at nine years old. They just want to play games. They want to play with their buddies. So it's it 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 is very difficult. Yeah, I, th- I think you, you know, kind of really made a good point there with, but you you got to get your touches at this age. Right. right. So, like, if it, it is a better team and you are able to practice and get into some games, that's great. So you got to kind of, like, comp- compartmentalize that as a, an adult, and it's very difficult for a young kid to be able to do that. You know, you, you're talking about, you know, trying to give them – you know, your son, the best opportunity to like play with some quality players. But, you know, if he was on the team the year before, that, that is a kind of a, a kick in the shorts, you know? Yeah. 
So that is a tough kind of pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, you know, again, very young. But if, you know, to your point, just get your touches. If there is like a, a house league or, you know, some type of recreational league or town team that you can play in, and he gets the confidence because he's getting his touches and he's like maybe a little bit Having better than fun. Someone. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that would be the appropriate um, approach. Um, yeah. yeah. So like if you can balance both, awesome. But you're, you're totally right with the, um, you know, for the love uh, of the game and the nurturing for the love of the game and the fun and family experience. But, you know, some of these hurdles get in the way. But there's definitely ways that you can, you know, still make it an enjoyable experience and and not spin it like, oh, you're just an alternate. No, like, hey, this is what you want to strive to, to do, and you know, we're going to be playing here as well, and you're going to get plenty of ice time, and and hopefully that helps, you know, kind of accelerate the the love for the game as well. I mean, it's one of the things that is the best when you're touching the puck and you're, you know, kind of like the guy a little bit too. Definitely, definitely. Um, good answer. All right. TSR hockey is located up in tax free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can get all your equipment, right? CCM Bauer, you name it. They have everything in house. You can hit them up on their website as well, right? If you can't make it to the store in Salem or, or one of their other locations, um, Merrimack, wherever it may be, hit up tsrhockey.com uh, for all your shopping needs. They will take care of you. They have a wide variety of, uh, of equipment, gear, swag, you name it, they have it all. So, um, and if you're in the swag game or you're looking to upgrade your uniforms or your equipment, right, give Mike or Dave a call at the team store, 603-912-5970. They will definitely take care of you and make sure you look great this season. And make sure when you, you know, you're talking to Mike or Dave, let them know that BY and Moth sent you. Yeah, the, the other day uh, we, we got some broken sticks out on the ice, and you know, oh just, boy, yeah, I'm just not, not so much my guy, but like he did, like kind of bang his stick after uh, losing a draw, and I'm like, hey, if you break it, you buy it, you know. Next <laughs> so, uh, but tsrhockey.com if you're not in the area, but I did mention to the boys, I'm like, hey, go up and see the the, the fellows up at uh, TSR Hockey in in Salem, and they'll take care of you. Tell them the shrink sent you. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Hey, Rink Shrinks, I heard about your podcast from a dad at a hockey camp this summer. It's been very helpful for my wife and I as we navigate the youth hockey world with two of our boys. Thanks for providing such an informative platform for us to learn. Uh, appreciate it. Our son tried out for the only 14U AAA team in West Michigan and didn't make it this year, but he is determined to make the cut next year. For the time being, he is on the 14U Travel Little Caesars team. Um, Little Caesars team, how to ranking. I'm not sure what that means, but the team season uh, at the club he was at last year. Right, that, that just confused me a little bit, but I'll reread it. For the time being, he's on the 14U Travel team. Uh, Little Caesars how-to ranking team this season for the club he was at last year. All right, that's a little confusing, but we'll figure it out. The team had their first tournament this weekend, and uh, it did not go well as they competed against teams that were ranked uh, How One, Iserman, and AAA. So I'm guessing well, those are the tiers, probably. Those are the tiers, right? Yeah, so they yeah. have How, Iserman, and AAA. I got it now. Now I get it. I'm like so How, two, how, how to, yeah, How one, How yeah, two. two, Iserman and and AAA. Got it. Yeah. Now we now we got it. Now we got it. We could have used that exploit, but hey, at least we uh we figured we <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, work through it, brother. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to Michigan, dude. I got to know this stuff. So right. the coach has uh good had good intentions and wanted them to play up. So they could be uh, stronger for the regular season, but I think that may have backfired. The morale was already dropped due to the whooping they received, and I'm concerned we may have we may be in for a disappointing year. We are committed to the team this season, and my son's desire to get better. How can I, as a parent in a support role, help keep my son's morale up and develop his skills for his team this year and thereafter? I sure wish coaches would teach the mental side of sports and be better communicators to their players. I'm sure there uh, there are ones out there, but we have not yet experienced it yet. Much appreciated. 
wannabe mental <laughs> coach hockey dad. Uh, that's great stuff. Thanks for chiming in here on uh, on the question. Um, I would say, like, you know, I had a little experience with this where, you know, we, we had a team that wasn't, like, the best, but then we would play up enough to really challenge ourselves. And I think the morale or the message from the coach or, like, even from you as a parent, because this is what you want to control, is you are getting better. Even though the results don't come, come you know, on the score on the score sheet, you're playing against good players. And then, you know, as the level kind of, you know, like the water seeks its own level or like the, the competition seeks its own level, you will find that they will be playing a better brand of hockey because their pace will be better. And that's my opinion. You know, and at this, you know, U14 level, it's, you know, hit or miss at times because there's, you know, you're living it right now, BY, with that age yep. group. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of different things going on and, and different, you know, um, kids' development, you know, like everyone's growing at different times and maybe some a little bit more distractions. But I would say that ultimately playing in this tournament and getting pumped, it's fine. Like, yeah. you, you don't, you don't overthink it. Right. Right. But then when they are playing down, but I do like what you said in the beginning is like, he wants to, the desire to get better and wants to make the cut for the following year. So individually, you know, my message to my kid, if it was my kid, I'd just be like, Hey, take care of what you need to do. Play how you, the best you can play and listen to the coaches, you know, the, the, you know, work as hard as you can in the spaces that you are in, right? Take care of what you can control. And um, I think things will work out, but I don't, I, I wouldn't read into too much about playing up in this, you know, say tournament and getting pumped, but the mental side of it though, is, is it was difficult for me to continually tell the players that, you know, it was like a three, two game going into the third and you lose seven, three, that they are getting better, but ultimately they are, they were getting better and it, it proved years later. Right. Yeah. I think it's important for them to just, um, you know, like send the right messages and obviously it's on the coach too a little bit right uh, i'll get on the coaches a bit here where they do have to um you know really talk to the kids about those minor improvements right hey look how yes. tight we did keep keep the game um you know stay in it stay positive make practices fun mm-hmm. if they are challenging the kids and kind of playing up a little bit that's fine. Right. And you may take your lickings. And like you said, you are going to win. Uh, you know, you, you, you may come out on the losing end, but focus on the positive as much as you possibly can. And, um, you know, and then I would also like, everybody likes to win right at the end of the day. So yeah, you may, you know, if I was the coach, I would probably look into some, you know, I would use my hockey rankings. Right. And I would say, okay, like, let's find, a very compatible tournament or two that we can enter and say, all right, if our league play is going to be really difficult because um, we're kind of playing up a notch and, and, you know, the first tournament of the year, we're playing up a level, um, you know, let's get into some, some tournaments against maybe some lesser opponents or, or more balanced opponents where we can have some fun with it. And, and, and hopefully at the end of the day, Hey, if we go to a tournament, play four games, and go two and two, like home run, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's you know kind of like that stick to itiveness and like staying, staying on it, whether you know the say results aren't what you want, right? And mm-hmm. it, like you said, you go back to the coach, and it takes the personality of a coach to understand that these guys need you know quality practices, and then try to implement in, during the games. And those small victories, like whatever you, you're coaching in practice, it could be like at this age, like wall play is like yeah. – it, it's like a foreign thing, you know, prior to U14 in my opinion. But if you start kind of implementing some stuff and they start making some small little plays like to the middle or getting it out, you, know, you celebrate those, you know, small little victories and like continue to like praise the good stuff. You know, yep. and that's that's one of the biggest things that I used to try to do at that age group. And for, in terms of building morale, if it is going to be, um, you know, a tough go at it, treat every period as its own individual game. There you go. So what you said, right? So it's like, hey, 
whatever. Like you, you tie the first period zero zero. Like celebrate it at the whistle. Like yeah. I'm sorry at the at the break. Like hey guys, look at it. Like we kept it tight. Like this team's supposed to be really really good. So I think there's different ways that as a coach and parents, uh, you can continue to motivate and you know let the kids know that they are getting better and and especially if your goal and your passion is to get to that next level the following season. So good question. Yeah, that was great. I got this in there. Hi, Ring Shrinks. I'm the team manager for a U16 team that's been together for a few years now. And this is our first year with a non-dad coach. He's a former player from the program who went on to play in college and is now in his 20s. This is his first time coaching, and he does a great job with the boys during practices and on the ice. He clearly knows his stuff when it comes to hockey. However, there is one issue. He is consistently late for games. This past weekend, he arrived 10 minutes after puck drop, leaving our one assistant on the bench alone to start the game. He often arrives after the kids are already on the ice for warm-ups or just as they are getting ready to take the ice. His earliest arrival so far was 15 minutes before the start of a game, and there was never communication from him to give me or our assistant coach a heads up. I'm usually calling him a few minutes before the game's asking for his ETA. I'm not sure what my role is here and whether I should have a conversation with him about it or bring it up to our program's director. I don't want to sour the relationship or be a tattletale, but it's setting a bad example for the kids and making myself and our one assistant coach anxious before each game. How would you handle this situation? Thanks. And that's from a hockey mom, but not coach's mom. Uh yeah, I mean, I've always said that this is the challenge when you have non-parent coaches. Uh, you know, these kids are definitely getting it to the age, right, where they're U16, they've been together, and it's great to have a kid like that, uh, you know, who played in the program that knows the game. Like, So everything on paper is great. It's basically time. So you got to have a conversation with them and be like, listen, either that or just tell them every game starts a half hour before it does <laughs> like what he doesn't know the schedule yeah that's what i mean so like so they that kid probably get, banged up like the night before and he's no, just that's rolling exactly out of what it is. yeah but when you have a non-parent coach that's what happens right you gotta expect okay like they have a 10 a.m game like this dude was at the bar till three like it is what it is um <laughs> so you gotta let them know all right like you know when you're sending out the calendar or whatever no, the game's not at 10. It's at 9.15. And just just lie to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so but I, I think that... He figures it out. Yeah, I, I think... You just, I think you just have to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Be like, listen, you're going to coach. The, the kids love you. You're doing a great job on the ice, in games, all that type yeah. of stuff. But you got to be there a half hour before the game. I mean, right? what's going on here, though? It's a, a U16. This is like a very important time for these kids. Yeah. So... I, I don't think it's your job as the team manager. I think it's yeah, I think you put it on the assistant yeah. who's like in the locker room and on the bench. Oh, I was him. thinking this was an assistant, but yeah. No, this it, is the team manager. This is the team mom, I forgot. Yeah. So at the end of it, I would just have a conversation with him and like, yeah, you're anxious before game. You're not I mean, ten minutes after the puck drops, that's like unacceptable. I don't <laughs> care. You know, it's like I mean, these kids are, are, like I said, like very impressionable age to have. If he's doing a good job on the practices and like on ice and like he's cultivating a good environment, but like, what don't you like? What are you doing? Like, like get get to the rink and like. I mean, we talk about having some structure. Like, you know, I think we have a question coming up a little later about you know arriving to the rink. At, on time um oh how early and it's like the coach should be there yeah you know in plenty of time to address the team before you go on the ice so i think it's unacceptable number one yeah. and it's not your job i would say you put it on the assistant coach you can be there as well but i would say that you know come on dude like what are we doing here that this <laughs> is that this is you know what you know, we want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And like maybe there's, it's just a, a different level. That and they're like, probably we, paying them. That's what I was thinking too. And that, they're definitely paying them. That's no good. But yeah, I would I would put it on the assistant coach. But you can be there for the conversation if he's uncomfortable. 
and just be like, hey, listen, you know, the kids need more. You know, you you, you need to show up, you know, to talk to the kids before they go out onto the ice before warm-ups. Yeah. I don't think it's that difficult to, of an ask. No, it's it's definitely not. It, no. it, it's it's kind of comical. So it needs to be addressed. It it needs to come from the coach. If not the organization, somebody somebody's paying this kid to be there. Yeah, but I don't think you're tattletaling because like th- those two examples, like yeah, you know, but, number one being ten minutes. I mean, sometimes things happen, right? But like if yeah. it's consistent, yeah, like guilty. Saying, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, consistently late for games is is. Um, inexcusable and you're not teaching the kids the 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 right message at 16 years old like you want to teach these kids all right you want to get there early like you said before there's some mental and physical right there's mental and physical preparation that is really important uh and as a coach you know you you don't have to be there like you're a dad um or a mom an hour before the game right but you can be there a half hour before so that you can address the team make sure that they're ready to go and you know <laughs> you're tossing out the pucks and warm-ups and yes and in there so oh man that's uh yeah. <laughs> i think that's a good one though that is a that is good, a good, good luck hockey mom not hockey mom's coach <laughs> exactly uh, uh, hockey coach's mom <laughs> right right um well hopefully hockey coach's mom is uh is using her sparks machine before the games right or after the game so uh sparks is the at home or on the road skate shopping machine head to sparkshockey.com use that code bymots for 50 dollars off your spark sharpener sparks is the at home skate shopping machine that never fails it's the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents it's convenient it's easy to use and saves you money in the long run uh, again sparkshockey.com Audio machine, fifty bucks off using BY Mots. Yeah, this is the time where you you should absolutely, if you're thinking about buying one, you know, pull the trigger. Um, you know, it never fails. It's convenient, easy to use. SparksHockey.com, BY Mots, get you fifty bucks off. It's a game changer. It is. It is. Uh, all right. I am the assistant coach for my son's first year, 2014 team, uh, Squirts. He's gone from developmental mites team last year. Um, he started later than the other four teams uh, to this squared A team. And although he's improved a lot, he's on the weaker side of the players on our team. I feel like I walk a fine line between being his coach and being his mom. Either way, I want what's best for him as a player and as a kid. Sometimes I want to help him and coach him as I would any other player but other times i feel like i just need to shut up uh that being said what advice do you have for coaching your own kid signed die hard devil fan right oh maybe we'll get a mott's autograph for (laughs) i love it now you know what it is um it is a tough dynamic to coach your own kid i think you know i personally i try to be objective as best i can but ultimately it's very difficult i i feel like i do it and it's very difficult for say your son to do that you know like they're young right to kind of like make that difference between dad and or mom and coach Mm -hmm. and but you know, if there's like a little talk back, and like no other kid would talk back, and then but yet if there's a little talk back, then then you, you know, then you turn into like dad, coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. a mom coach where you're like, all right, why don't you just sit down right here next to me? So it is very difficult. Um, but as you figure it out, and like you're trying to help no matter what, and like that's that's the best thing, right? What's best for him as a player and as a kid. Uh, it just sometimes the message gets taking taken differently if it's your own kid. It could yeah. be the same exact message to the player right next to him, but yet you saying it to your son is going to be taken a little more like offensively. You know, there's a little bit more emotion there, so you just have to kind of navigate that. You know, some kids are different. You know, maybe they they can kind of like separate that you know, parent coach, uh, dynamic, but what I've found is it, it, it can be difficult. So 
I would say continue to try to help in the best way you can. Don't sugarcoat anything just because it's your kid and don't be too hard because it's easy to be, you know, over the top with your own kid because you can, right? Right. Yeah. And we all want to, we, we all want to push them and, 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 um, you know, I think most coaches, I know personally, like we're, we're all pretty hot on, uh, on our own. So, uh, I think like you said, support and, and my advice, uh, is to as much as you can, especially when it comes to like individual coaching and pulling people aside. So it's not that constant ban banter is, having somebody else a good assistant to work with you um that can have those conversations and i would i find myself all the time with guys that i coach with like hey will you grab him and talk to him about that you know what i mean um and i do the same thing with other kids too right if you feel that you have been like you know i had a a game this weekend and i'm like i feel like i've been talking to this kid like the whole game and that's on yourself as a coach right it's like all right, is this kid going to start tuning me out? Even though, you know, if I'm coaching you up, it means I, 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 you know, I really care and I want you to get better. But, um, you know, I think for your own kid, it's important to like, Hey, you know, for the longest time, Steve O'Leary and I, right. I'd be like, Steve, can you grab him and do this right now? It, you know, Dave Cooper and I do it like, and I'm like, Coop, can you just grab him and talk? And, and I'll do the same with his kid. Right. So, uh, I, I think that that can be kind of very helpful. And then my biggest thing too, is like when the game's over, I don't even talk about, we don't, we don't talk about the game in the car at all. Like the car ride home. It's like good game. See you later. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Turn the page, turn on the music, turn on whatever you want to listen to. So I, I did. uh, So Brian Gibbons, you know, played in the league a bunch and, you know, was uh he's the assistant coach or we're coaching together and i coach co-coaches and we uh you know i I went down the bench and i was like hey can you grab ryan about xyz so my son so this is exactly what you're saying and he's like oh what you you wouldn't have done that (laughs) yeah he flipped the script on me i'm like yeah well just say something to him so i don't (laughs) have to (laughs) it was pretty funny yeah so yeah, but no, I think that's a great question. It's 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 kind of a delicate situation depending on temperament of kid and approach by you, mom. Uh, but I love you being on the bench and helping out. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. And awesome. being a diehard Devils fan, I loved it down in Jersey, and uh, they have a, a quality squad with some young talent that's going to make a push this year uh, again. So, mm. p- pretty exciting times to be a Devils fan. Absolutely. Uh, you get the next one here? Yep. Listen to the last pod talking about your 2011s, learning about playing the right way during your weekend recap. What is the five and 10 foot rule around the blue line? Thanks. And that's from a dumb hockey dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a dumb hockey dad. It's just that this is a great question because sometimes we talk about, you know, certain kind of, uh, you know, language around you know the game that you know not everyone knows so i really appreciate you chiming in and asking yeah i mean that's for for me that's something that you know obviously my father grew up uh you know i grew up in a coach's house so that's something that i guess we take for granted right that that it was just kind of always stressed to us but uh i i would say the simple answer is like just trying to limit your mistakes at your defensive zone blue line and your offensive zone blue line, right? Five foot, five to 10 feet on either side of the blue lines um, is our critical areas of the ice where you don't want to turn the puck over more or less. Right. So uh, that's probably the easiest way that I would um, explain that I can explain it. Yeah. So like you get the blue line, say like cutting, down the middle and if you like could shade in like five feet on either side right you know and then you know on the defensive side sometimes it could be 10 feet in there like that up a third so if you break the d zone into thirds right top of the circles to the blue line there you go yeah so the top of the circles to the blue line would be kind of like the rule of thumb for being you know strong to get the puck out gain a zone meaning just get it out past the blue line so then they have to retreat and like tag up and and regroup um you know when you don't have a play to make 
And offensively, when you're coming into the zone, if you turn the puck over on the, say, neutral zone side of the blue blue line, you know, there's a good poke check or you're trying to toe drag someone or whatever, and it starts going the other way, that's like a no-no too. So, like, again, like, so, like, if you could shade in an area, you know, just a rule of thumb, like five feet on either side of the blue line, uh, that those are the areas that you really want to take care of. And then on the D zone, I'd say, you know, top of the circles, uh, you know, it can extend to the top of the circle. Right. And it's, you know, I don't want you to get the, you know, dumb hockey dad, uh, the wrong impression. Like you want to encourage the kids to make plays, mm-hmm. right. But you also want to just also get them to understand that, um, you know, there's certain points in times, right. When a D stepping up on you, and you don't have support or your, uh, you know, defensemen are changing, right? And you're carrying the puck in the zone. Is the right play, uh, uh, you know, advancing the puck and chipping it to space where you can now potentially get it and not turn it over at the blue line uh, where now, you know, we're going one way or we're, and we have our D changing and they're flying back the other way. So uh, it's those kind of situational tendencies that we talk about in game, you know, understanding of that game recognition which i think is is really important yeah and again it's a great question to like really break it down because i'm talking about it with these u18 players that are playing at a high level right now and consistently they're turning the puck over yeah in that it like even in the d zone like blue line like yes it's not a clean play so then they just keep skating i'm like you have to stop on pucks and make sure that it just gets out before mm-hmm. you get keep going. Yes. And it, it, it drives me insane to be honest with you, dumb hockey dad, like <laughs> at, at this, at that age that they don't know enough to do that, you know, so we consistently talk about it and because that is part of playing the game the right way. So I, I playing the game the right way is like, we've talked about this is like such a term, right? It's easy to say, you know, oh, play the game the right way. But like, how if they don't know how to play the game the right way? You know, what, like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, you have to break it down. And those that's one just like specific example of playing the game the right way. Staying below the puck, making sure you gain a zone. Like if it's bobbling, whatever. Like you stop on it, you use your feet, you do it, do whatever it takes to get it out in that kind of like that five to ten foot range. Right. So then you can live to fight another play. Right? Yeah. It's not back check hard through the middle of the ice. Yeah, like right? like little simple plays. Yeah, and it just being just aware all over the ice, We're aware. But I think that playing the game the right way has, you know, it gets overused sometimes by coaches and people who talk about the game because it's just like a very broad term. Yeah, but it like it means a lot. It means but, a lot, but but like you said, and and uh, trust me, I say it all the time. Like, let's play the game the right way. But you kind of, and maybe it's like, but I'm always. I guess I use the term. I use the term, but I try to back it up and say, all right, what does that mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'll ask the question, what does that mean to my to my kids, right? Um, are we trying to to you know are we going to take the puck from the goal line and go end to end and think that we're going to score like no it's not going to happen in peewee hockey right so playing the game the right way is moving the puck right like including expecting it, it back it, right giving goes making uh, plays uh those type of things like the the there's not many kids in the league that are going to be able to carry the puck and lug the mail like we used to back in might hockey right so it's those little things right that just like you said okay uh, recognizing, hey, now is not the time that I should toe drag the guy mm-hmm. at the blue line. I should just chip it to space. Or now it's the time where I, uh, you know, I got to win a battle five feet inside my defensive zone and just advance the puck and get that puck out right. Uh, and kind of, you know, like know those critical areas of the ice where we don't want to turn pucks over uh, and let the other team, you know, stay on a sustained attack. So it's uh. You know, it's part of it's part of coaching. It's part of explaining to kids, right? Because if you don't explain it, like you just said, uh, they're like, "What do you yeah. mean, play the game the right way? Like, what the heck's that even mean?" I, I think I am. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what my that's what my mom told me I was. Yeah, that's what Instagram says. <laughs> that's what I see on Instagram. 
on the gram exactly well good hey i'll tell you one thing from you know diehard devils fans dumb hockey dads uh great questions you know hockey moms but not coaches moms like some great questions some really good ones this week in the mailbag uh we got a lot of good things coming up we have a, a an episode in the bank with a future hall of famer uh we're not going to mention who it is but stand by for more information on that and maybe some of you will be able to guess it um but a lot going on here and i think we wrap things up here mots with the my hockey rankings question of the week um and we posted this online too and i thought it was a really good one so how early should a triple a u12 team be at the rink before games our team does an off-ice warm-up 45 minutes before puck drop, then gets dressed. Other teams here do 90 minutes or two hours before. Seems like a lot for an 11-year-old. What do you think? I would say... Uh, 90 minutes to two hours before is <laughs> insanity. Yeah. I I just I think showing up 40 to 45 minutes before the game is plenty at that age. Yeah. An hour is like max, 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 max. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's some preparation. Certain teams are more structured than others. Certain coaches are more structured than, than others. But you don't need anything more than 45 minutes before the game to number one, warm up, get dressed, address the team. That's like so 45 minutes before the game, not even like you know, warm up of 45 minutes before the game. No, it's like you show up at 45 minutes. And then, you know, obviously some kids might be a little late, whatever. So 40 minutes and then you get to do your, your team warm up if, you, if you're organized enough. And, you know, some kids at the older ages, like they kind of do it on their own. But at U12, it's good to have the group together prior to the game, go out for a little jog. You know, it's a little team camaraderie. You start doing a little stretching. But 45 minutes – you know, so you do that for 10 minutes and then you, you still have 35 minutes to, you know, get dressed, address the team and um, have them be focused and ready to go. 90 minutes, two hours before the game. What a joke. Like <laughs> at the end of the uh, what parents have that type of time in there. In, in it's the, ridiculous. Like, like, I don't understand what is going on because. As I'm a coming from one rink going to another rink going to another rink. Like I, I sure as hell ain't getting at every rink two hours before it. That's what it, it ain't happening. As a professional athlete, it was two hours was like kind of like the minimum. You know, like there were other teams where it was an hour and a half. Yeah. Right. So like they didn't want you there too much. But like certain guys like to get there early. So it was just kind of like that's what they did. They like to get there early, kind of like get, that was their routine. Um but that's professional athletes getting paid to play the game, not 11-year-olds who should be in for the joy of the game. I don't mind a little structure, but come on, guys. Like two hours before a game is a joke. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. 45 minutes to an hour yeah. is kind of where, where I try to get there. Yep. Um, I'll flip it. A little bit. Maybe it's just the parents. They like to get there two hours early so they can, you know. Oh, drop them off and go to the bar. They can pregame. Yeah. That's right. Fine. So that's that's a different story. They're like, yeah, yeah, the, the team has this uh, two yeah, hours. No, they game. have to be there three hours before the game. <laughs> they have to. Right. Yeah. And the game is four. <laughs> so I'm going to just like drop them off at one. So that uh, you know, I can catch the one o'clock games on on Sunday, and then I'll you know get to to my son and daughter's game. So, yeah, like yeah, I think there's some of that that may go on, but I guess uh, you know, typically when the kids are younger, like I would say under ten, I'm like just be there a half hour before the game, right? That that was my rule. Now they're twelve, twelve u twelve, you know, ten eleven, forty five minutes to an hour is great, yeah. right? Yeah, and I agree. my kids, what I like now at, at, at my kids, my 14-year-old, um, or I guess he's 13 still, but my 13-year-old and my 12-year-old, their teams, they're begging me to get to the rink. Yeah, and, that's good. And, and there's no set time. I'm, I'm, you know, they're like, 
no doubt. I want to be there an hour before the game. All right. Why? Uh, we, you know, we get warmed up. We like to talk. We like to hang out in the locker room. All right. Yeah, that's great. So, well, I mean, that, that's on that. If, if it's yeah. doable that I can get them there an hour before the game, then we, then we do it. Right. But that's them kind of saying like, no, 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 I want to get there. Right. Like dad, like, can you hurry up in the bathroom? Like, I want to, I want to get to the game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'm like, dude, I'm coming yeah. from one rank, going to another rank. Yeah. There's a lot of paperwork going on here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I got to check the Twitter or, or whatever while I'm, you know, whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? I so, uh, the, but I, it is, it's good. I think that's good. And even for practices now, right? Like my kids are, they like to get there a little bit earlier. They get, tunes going in the locker room and and it's like it they're kind of getting to that age where it's like the locker room's their place yeah right? and they develop that's, their, that's so good and their, their bonds and stuff but 11 years old mandatory that a team's there 90 minutes before you're completely insane i'd be like dude I, it ain't happening yeah beat okay. it put yeah. a neg- put yeah. a neg in your shoe egg in your shoe and beat it uh but great question for my hockey rankings question of the week Hopefully we answered it um, <laughs> properly. Um, <laughs> but good job. Great mailbag questions. Keep those coming in. Uh, we've been getting a lot of them, and we're trying to get to as many as we possibly can during this uh, busy time of year. Um, Mach, you got anything else before we go? No, I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, a good week of practice. The boys, uh, you know, that we're coaching had some real positive strides this past weekend, and, you know, we came out in the rankings and the, the kids weren't extremely happy. We had a tough schedule to start. So, like, Ooh. we were, you know, so we were. I didn't even ask you where the teams were ranked. Yeah, you know, we're fifth in mass. So, okay. yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think we we're 16th or something like that. But it probably, you know, go up a little bit this year, uh, this week because of, you know, we right. have, um, you know, some good, good results. But um, at the end of it, though, it's like, Hey guys, this is what it is. And you know, we just have to string some wins together and play the game the right way. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. And, and hopefully they understand that. You know? No, it's good. And and obviously the um, you know, the my hockey rankings can be used as a as a motivational stu- tool and you know, hey, like, hey, you think you're a top team in the state or the country, like this is where you're at, right? This is where you stack up against guys. So I think uh the big thing too, and I know Neil and Ian say it all the time: it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Exactly. Right? So, yep. um, you know, the first the first ranking is not always a true indicator of where you are. Right? It's the beginning of the year, um, so hopefully, uh, you know, the teams they use it and use it to their advantage. And if they're ranked up high, they don't get you know on their high horse too much and say, "Oh, we're the number." five team in the country or whatever it may be. Right. So I think it's uh really good stuff, but um, once again, I think that wraps it up. Thanks for the uh, mailbag questions. And I'd like to close out by uh, letting everybody know that this episode was brought to you by bet online. Make sure we hit up betonline.ag for that 50% uh, bonus deal. When you join right bet online with the games, are at uh and it's time to cue the ring shrink shuffle Here's the game.